David Littleproud joining us this morning on rural Queensland today. You're with Ben Dobbin, the leader of the National Party. He's over in Western Australia. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Good to be with you. Gee whiz, um, there's been a lot going on. If it's not the the Camists blowing up or the CFMEU marching, it's the renewables and the rally against reckless renewables that took place on Tuesday. Now, David, as discussed, Labor's plan to rip up prime agricultural land and destroy pristine rainforests and wild habitat, um, you know, it, it just gets paled to insignificance. They don't care at any cost as long as they get their renewables through, but they've got one rule for themselves and one rule for uh, the agricultural industry and the general public, and it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is, mate. And look, this reckless race to 82% renewables by 2030 has a consequence, and we're bearing that in the bush. I mean, it's not just the prime agricultural land that's going up under 28,000 kilometres of new transmission lines, but uh, under the wind towers and solar panels and pumped hydro. It's taking away food security, it's driving up food prices, but it's also knocking out, you know, remnant vegetation, pristine habitat, uh, all when it's meant to be protecting that in, in, in the essence of what it's trying to achieve. So this is where ideology doesn't meet the practical reality. Uh, we're not against renewables as a place for renewables, but particularly look at things like solar. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you concentrate that to where the energy is required and then the place where it can be put without any impact on the environment, which is on people's rooftops in capital cities? Then you also alleviate much of the need for transmission lines. Uh, we also believe that there's a place for new emerging technology in the future of small-scale modular nuclear. We, we should be looking ahead and looking uh, at the options of zero emissions technology that gives us baseload power, but also acknowledge the investment that's being done with carbon capture storage, particularly for the gas industry. Uh, and that means that we can have zero emissions with reliable, affordable energy. We have sovereignty of all our resources in Australia, uh, and we don't need this reckless race to 2030. The only international commitment we needed to make was 2050. We've got plenty of time, so we should pause we should plan, we should get this right so there's no unintended consequences of us losing our food security but us destroying the very thing we're trying to protect in, in this reckless race, which is the environment. Well, they had to back down. They had, their, they had their national conference last week and there were proposals about banning, completely banning land clearing before the next election, but they've read the room to a degree if they go down this road they will lose and they've they've put that on hold i'm not saying that it's not coming back but that's the concerning thing they did want to clarify what is exactly going on and you know to me um now we are a, a sit back wait watch and that's the concerning part of it david well, well, it is, and if you look at the last two elections, uh, actually the last three elections I've been in three now, in 2016 and on, they had a policy of national vegetation management laws. So while they're not saying uh, banning tree clearing openly and, and brazenly as what uh, this element of the Labor Party conference said, uh, they do have a policy for national national vegetation management laws, which uh, is code for they're coming for a property near you. Uh, and you've got to be you've got to be honest with this. The, the the numbers that get thrown around about the numbers of acres that get cleared every year is nonsense. There is there is a very small amount that is remnant vegetation. That is stuff that shouldn't be touched. It's it's very very small. The most of it is what we call regrowth, 
So um, when they put all these big numbers up and, and the Greenies put all these numbers up on the, on the TV to scare people in Brisbane of the hundreds and thousands of hectares of, of landscape that's being cleared every year, it's actually management of regrowth. And particularly if you go out into some of my part of the world, the Mulgolands, it's actually a management tool that gives a better biodiversity outcome by managing it, and it's a feedstock. So this is where um, the, the green movement has infiltrated the Labor Party. I don't think it's over. You only have to see what Tanya Plebisek did on the Murray-Darling yesterday. Yep. Uh, we, are, we are under siege. We are under siege in the bush, whether it's transmission lines, whether it's the biosecurity tax, the fresh food tax, whether it's, whether it's uh, the sheep, live sheep uh, banning, uh, the Murray-Darling. Uh, this mob uh, has an ideology that doesn't support regional Australia, doesn't support agriculture, and they are, they are out to get us. So she's she's postponed a decision to 2027, which, you know, says to me that she's not 100% with the Murray-Darling. She's not 100% convinced that she knows what's going on. David, the, the concerning part is that she doesn't know what's going on. The, the, the facts were there for her to, to stand down and back down on this, but they just won't do that. So they'll get rolled in the election. That's the only hope. Uh, well, it is. So let me tell you, with the Murray-Darling Basin plan, that is that is eighty percent complete, and the last twenty percent can be done with building infrastructure. And Plebisek's running around saying, "Well, we did nothing, and we sabotaged the Murray Darling Basin Plan." The last twenty percent of that infrastructure needs to be built by the states. They had infrastructure projects to do that, and what happened was this little thing called COVID came along. I don't know where Tanya was during that, but basically everything stopped, uh, and so the states weren't able to build those infrastructure projects. So what the only good thing she has done is extended the timeline for those projects to be completed by uh, to 2027, and that's the right 26, I should say, and that's the right thing to do. Give the states the time because we lost a couple of years. Uh, they were meant to be completed at the end of uh, June 2024. So that's the right thing to do. But what she's doing in addition to that is when Tony Burke created the plan, he when he put it through Parliament, he slipped in an additional 450 gigalitres of water to be recovered. Now, to his credit, he said, well, look, I know that this will have a big impact on rural communities. Uh, and so what we'll do is it'll, we'll, you, we'll treat it separately. We'll have a neutrality test of social and economic disadvantage. So you can't recover any of that 450 if a community will be disadvantaged or go back economically or socially. What Tanya Plebisek has said, um, we're not going to, we're going to ignore that social and economic neutrality test. We don't care about regional communities. I'm simply going to go around and I'm going to buy back that 450 gigalitres. So what that means is that they're going to be running around with a checkbook trying to buy water off farmers. And I say to farmers today, do not sell to the government. If you're going to sell water and you need to sell water, find another farmer to sell it to. Do not sell it to the Commonwealth. They are out to destroy our community. So you, need, you might need the money and you can put the money in your pocket, but what's left behind are your rural communities, your regional communities, your machinery dealers, your right through to the cafe owner. And this is where we as the bush need to galvanise together. And the, the most galling thing of all this is Victoria has opted out. So Anastasia Palaszczuk has rolled over and said to Queensland, you are up potentially to be part of the extra 450 gigs now. Victoria is not. So that limits uh, to New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia where there's 450 gigs, which puts even more pressure on us because our state premier didn't have the courage to say to Tanya Plebisek, no, we're opting out. Dan Andrews, of all people, Dan Andrews had the courage to stand up for his farmers, yet Palaszczuk 
can't even be seen nor heard. I mean, this is obscene that a Queensland Premier, when the Murray-Darling Basin Plan is over in Queensland, we, we basically have completed it all. That last 20%, there's only about 12 gigs to come out of Queensland. We've done all the heavy lifting. We can be out of our farmers' lives now. But Palaszczuk has just rolled over and opened us up to another 450 gigalitres without a whim. Now, that's a Premier that didn't have the courage, not even the courage that Dan Andrews have. That's, that's the plight that we have in this state, that we've got a Premier like Palaszczuk. And the, new, the Queensland LNP, let me tell you, they've got to stand up today and say that if they win the next election in October, they won't they'll that. opt out of this. They as won't well. do that. Well, they need to. They yeah. need to, mate. This is this is a this is a defining moment. They need to stand up and say today that if they win the next state election, they will do what Dan Andrews has done, and they will opt out and they will protect Queensland agriculture because that this will decimate places like Gundawindi and Dirrambandi, St George, Kanamala. This is just where this is where we have done all the lifting. We don't need to do any more. The science says that we've got this right. Move on and leave our farmers alone. Yes, vote. They're coming to a close to a day. What a debacle this has been. What an absolute debacle the yes vote has been, David. Yeah. Look, uh, we're going to see a date set. I suspect it'll be the 14th of October. The Prime Minister's got a dinner date with Joe Biden, so he wants to get it done before he has to go and have dinner with Joe on the on the 20, 21st or 24th of October. Uh, of October, so look this whole this whole referendum. I'm I'm proud of the Nationals. We made it very clear to our principal position. The voice is not a new proposition. People need to understand this. The Prime Minister is selling this as a new proposition. It's not. It's actually a, a representative body model that we had before. It was called ATSIC, and we don't need to repeat that model. And particularly for us in rural and remote areas, it's we have such large areas. We're talking hundreds of thousands of square kilometres, hundreds of different communities. And let me tell you, it might work in, in capital cities and when ATSIC was around, it probably did work for them, but not for us because you need to empower local elders at local levels. We don't need more bureaucracy. We just need a better one and we need a 2023 intervention in bureaucracy, getting them out of Canberra, listening to elders at local local levels, making sure that they're – because we know where the gap is in, in what communities. We need them to devise local programs by locals. That's how you fix this, nothing else. And – and, but it goes against the key tenet that the nationals and I think most Australians believe in, that no matter your race or your religion in this country, all 26 million of us are equal. And oh, yeah. we all get an equal voice in this, in this place. And, and our nation proudly has elected 11 Indigenous Australians in the last parliament, not to, not to represent Indigenous Australians, but to represent every Australian. Yeah. I, I think we, we should be proud of that. And we've also closed the gap in many parts. So this, this, uh, this bow breeding that we get about... You know that the gap is is you know so bad. It is bad in places, but we have also succeeded. Ninety seven percent of Indigenous children now go to kindergarten. Uh, over five billion dollars has been pumped in to Indigenous businesses through a procurement program yeah. that's employing tens of thousands of Indigenous Australians. They're practical examples of how we have shifted the dollar. But we have walked hand in hand together. We're better being together, and we'll be better sticking together. And I think that's. The, the, the tenant that the nationals have had, whether you agree with us or not, that's why we couldn't support it. And I just hope that Australians uh, feel comfortable in making their own mind up on this one. But it is important because you are putting something that we don't even know how it will work because the Prime Minister won't tell us. He won't put the legislation in Parliament to show everybody beforehand. We don't know how it will work. And this could end up with lawyers deciding to take it to the High Court and the High Court interpreting how they believe this should be, not the Australian people through a vote. That's dangerous. 
that's not what you should do with your constitution. And so when it comes to probably October 14, if you don't know, you should say no. Yeah, you're exactly right. David, great to chat. Everything you're doing is wonderful. Really appreciate your time, mate. And thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thanks for having me, mate. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today.